Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, June 12, 2023. This is your Tony Awards recap episode. I am Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Happy Tony's. Happy Tony's. It was a very, very interesting Tony Award ceremony that happened both on Pluto TV yes. and CBS on Sunday night. I will say, Ashley, we'll get into this a little bit more, but even though, you know, the things that and we talked about this on the, the predictions episode, like the things that I loved didn't really get as much love as I would like them to. I thought overall it was a really good uh, telecast and a really good broadcast. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to go ahead and say it. Maybe we just do the Tony's unscripted every year because um, (laughs) it was better. This is the thing. I mean, it was better in the sense that things felt like they went faster than normal, even though it was still, what, five hours long, which only the Tony's do that. It was four and a half still. (laughs) I mean, God. Um, But yeah, I mean, it did feel like everything went faster Obviously, it was missing some of, like, the magic that we've had in the past with the big opening numbers. But I still think that they did a good job with what they could do. Yeah, and and maybe before we get into the awards, we can talk about this a little bit. But first off, did you introduce yourself? Yeah. Did you say who you are? I did say okay. who I am. Okay. Yeah. All right, so... It's, it, is, it is very late for Matt Tamanini. It is very late. It is... Not as late for no, me. it's midday for you. Um, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> speaking of Ariana DeBose as the host, she opened up the show with like this script uh, at the beginning. It had a close up on a script. She opened it. There was nothing written on the pages. I thought that was a very cute uh, little thing. That was very cute. And then yeah. it went into a dance number that went all through the United Palace Theater. Uh, I thought that was a tremendous opening. Like I thought it was, the dance was great. The camera work was, it was great. Really nice. The long shot. Yeah. Basically giving you a little tour of the theater since it is the first time they've been in the palace and what an absolutely beautiful theater that is. I'm glad that everybody uh, watching across the country got to see that just exceptional building. Yeah. I, I thought Ari was wonderful throughout. I thought she was warm. She was uh, self deprecating with like looking at her arm and not being able to read her own writing on her arm as to what was coming up next. That was very funny. Introducing whoever comes up on stage. Next. She was very good. Um, I, I think that she's just a, a natural at it. And I loved the fact that at the beginning she she acknowledged the fact that some people thought last year she was a little bit um, frenetic and and hyperactive and that this year who knows what was going to happen. Sure, I thought she was great. Yeah. Like I'm, you know, all all due respect to Angela Lansbury and her record for hosting the Tony Awards, but like I'm oh, I'm yeah. I'm kind of good with just letting Ari do it until like she's nominated. And then again, we had Neil Patrick Harris and, and Hugh Jackman host when they were also yeah great. like. I'm good at just letting her do it for a while. Like she's young, she's fun. She has obviously such deep roots in the in- great charisma. Yeah. Absolutely adored by the community and adores the community and the art form back Absolutely. and it shows. Yeah. So I'm I'm good with her for a while. I don't know that she'll keep doing it. I mean, who who knows, especially with like her movie schedule blowing up as it is, that she might not be able to in the future, but I would be okay if she did. But Let's get into these awards real quick. I'm going to go through I'm going to, I'm going to do these mostly in order. However, they did start the telecast with best original score. I'll leave that for a little later cuz I think we're going to want to talk about it. So if I don't bring up best original score, Ashley, please remind me. But I'm going to go through all of the technical awards to make sure that we have those 
uh, out there so you know what what won. Let's start with best costume design of a play. The winner was Brigitte Reifenstuhl for Leopold Stott. Best costume design of a musical went to Greg Barnes for Some Like It Hot. Um, best scenic design of a musical, Beowulf Board for New York, New York. Best scenic design of a play, Tim Hatley and Andres Goulding for Life of Pi. Uh, best lighting design of a musical, Okay, uh, Natasha Katz for Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Um, yeah. yeah. Best lighting design of a play, Tim Lutkin for Life of Pi. Best sound design of a play, Caroline Downing for Life of Pi. And I will concede to you, Ashley, and our friend Nina Ward from the press room, best sound design of a musical. <laughs> yes. Best sound design of a musical. <laughs> da, da, da. Nevin Steinberg for Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. I will say there, Correct. there were a lot of people on Twitter that I saw as I was kind of ducking in and out of commercials because I was trying to avoid everybody spoiling everything for me. People were like, wait, is this the same show I saw? But clearly, they'd be wrong. Maybe it's. All y'all are collectively in the wrong section of the theater, well, apparently, that, which must have been outside. It, I don't know if it's like a, maybe they fine-tune things over the t- course of time, or maybe it is just because the Lunt, the Lunt is a very big theater, so maybe things sounded different in Correct. very pl- different places. Absolutely. But Sweeney Todd yeah. did win. And that I can concede to, because even there are terrible sight lines in that theater for that show, especially if you're up front in the orchestra. So I'm sure there are bad sound pockets as well. But if you're looking at it from a technical design, uh yeah it's it's great and i I, i'm taking the moral victory with their own personal victory yes um speaking of victories you robbie rizal and i all did predictions on last friday's episode we said that we would have some sort of prize for the winner when i came to town in august here's the thing ashley you picked 16 of the 26 categories correct Robbie Rizal picked 16 of the 26 categories correct, and I picked 16 of the 26 categories correct. So we are all winners. We did it. We are all winners. We are also yeah, all amazing. losers. So yes, whatever indeed. it is. Um, Ain't that the truth? Yeah, we all kind of got stumped on a lot of the technical categories. We did really well in the production and the acting and the, uh, the, the, like the writing, the creative part of that, the directing, the choreography. But the technical stuff really held us back. But, uh, you know. It is what it is. Happy. If, if I'm going to tie with people, I'm glad it is you too. Pros. Yeah, absolutely. And vice versa, even though you have bad sound design opinions. I mean, everybody has bad sound design <laughs> opinions. That's why they got rid of yeah. it from the Tonys a few years ago. Yeah, 100%. Because nobody 100%. knows. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's go back to best original score, music and or lyrics written for the theater. The winner is Janine Tesori Music and David Lindsay Abair Lyrics for Kimberly Akimbo. Um, a really lovely... Uh, speech by both of them and um, was very happy uh, about this. I, I don't necessarily love this score, but anytime Janine Tesori can win anything, I'm Me happy too. for. And and David yeah. Lindsay Bear is also wonderful as well. So um, yes. Anything else to say on this one? No, I mean we're going to talk about book two as well, which also went to David Lindsay Bear. Um, just I really great across the board to see them win so much for this musical. And, you know, as far as David goes to adapt it from his own play and have it be successful in an entirely different way. 
but in equally, if not better way. It was just a really lovely night for Kimberly Akimbo. It really was. Um, best orchestrations went to Charlie Rosen and Brian Carter for Sound Like It Hot. Charlie Rosen, a former Very guest nice. of mine here on Broadway Radio. Yeah. Um, and, and, a, and a cabaret kind of, I don't know if icon, but like he's did a lot with like his big band yeah. and cabaret stuff over oh, the years. Oh, God, absolutely. Um, so I yeah, very big within the cabaret community and a lovely human. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, let's go on to best choreography. The winner was Casey Nikoloff for Some Like It Hot. And despite the fact that he Thank is yeah, he's one of the most beloved people in the industry, he was, I mean, v- visibly emotional um, with this win. As we talked about on the episode on Friday, this is his first yeah win in choreography he has a win for best director for book of mormon um but it just it it boggles the mind that this is casey's first uh choreography win a hundred percent you think of all the shows that he's done all of the beautiful shows that he's done for so long and thinking of how conceptually well done they are i you can recognize casey nicola choreography easily like you can see a show and know that that's Casey Nicola's work the fact that this is his first for choreography is just bananas to me but it is a beautifully choreographed show I am so so happy for him I'm such a big fan um again just a lovely a lovely thing to see because he's he's so lovely (laughs) honestly absolutely all right going from choreography over to direction best direction of a play went to Patrick Marber for Leopoldstadt um I haven't seen Leopold shot, so I don't have any thoughts on this one, but he did give a, uh, mm-hmm. a nice speech, a, a very funny speech talking about how um, they were doing clips of the shows while they were introducing the directors <laughs> rather yeah. than like showing the nominees because he said directors are ugly. Basically um, it was very funny. Um, <laughs> very self-deprecating yes. as he's standing on stage with Lupita Nyong'o to one of the most beautiful humans to exist on this plane. Yeah. It's just like, this feels, this feels yeah, right. It was very funny. And then well, deserved. he spent, like 30 to 45 seconds doing his little bit and then he was shocked that they were he was already being told to wrap it up um it was very cute it was very funny um very well done and um maybe he should have been an actor because he had really great comic timing um Mm -hmm. moving on to best direction of a musical one that i got wrong um, that you and Robbie got right, but one that made me very, very happy, because this is actually what I said I would vote for. Michael Arden won his first Tony Award for directing Yay! Parade. Um, yeah. What an absolutely wonderful award. But his speech is probably going to get just as much uh, <laughs> coverage <laughs> as anything else. Excellent. And So if you didn't see it, he basically talked about the rise not only of of anti-Semitism, but white supremacy and homophobia and transphobia and how the story of what is going on in Parade, you know, should be a warning to those things. He said the fact that he and this is more or less a quote. He said growing up, he was called the. F word, the anti-gay F word um, many times growing up. And then all of a sudden, if you were watching on TV, it just went silent. Generally, what that means when you're streaming is, oh, no, my stream is lagging. But in fact, it was something being censored because he said, "Um, I'm not going to say this word so um, you can fill in the blanks. But he said, even though he was called this many times growing up, he said, but now I'm an F word with a Tony, um, which which yeah. the, the sound came back <laughs> in when the audience went absolutely the crazy. Exploding, cutting to every queer in the building, which is every person in the <laughs> building, basically. I immediately because we were all I'm at my friend's house. We were all wondering exactly what he said. I immediately texted Grace, who's at the Tony's to see to get the exact quote, which she obviously texted me in all caps yeah, and um 
what's nice about if you watch things with uh, with closed captioning on the uh, that doesn't get censored (laughs) so um i was ah and usually i do but we couldn't get the captions to work for some reason which was annoying because i'm usually like i need i need the captions so i missed that and but thankfully i have somebody on speed dial who happens to be at the tony yeah very helpful (laughs) a very a very nice thing to have yeah yeah. very helpful all right well let's get, get into the performance categories best performance by an actor in a featured role in a play went to brandon uranowitz for leopold stott something a long time coming his fourth or fifth nomination he absolutely deserved to win and if you watched that speech and weren't in tears um i don't know who you are and you might not be human but lovely (laughs) for him to win and i i think the world is a better place knowing that brandon uranowitz is a tony winner uh completely there's he is one of those actors who when i know he's going to be on stage i have to see him on stage i think he's just exceptional i don't think he's ever turned out a bad performance i don't think he ever will and his work in leopold shot is amazing i think robbie said that he's really the center of the play and the glue that holds it together uh absolutely a fact so so happy to see him get this award i i decided to be bold i think and pick jordan e cooper who i would have loved to see as well but i i'm certainly as a brandon urana what's massive fan not complaining about this win i think a lot of those emotions will be the same in the best performance by an actress in a featured role in a musical category because uh, yes! <laughs> because bonnie milligan for kimberly akimbo won i i will say Go Bucks because she's an Ohio State grad. Um, so <laughs> yeah. very happy about that. Congrats on your personal. Yeah, especially here. considering that the two plays that had nominees uh, in them that were literally set on Ohio State's campus both lost, um, both uh, Summer 1976 <laughs> yeah. and the Sorry. Ohio State murders. But Bonnie Milligan, I mean, you could just, when they announced her name, the the, the crowd at the United Palace went absolutely nuts, like Brandon, just one of the most beloved people in the industry and a heartily deserved absolutely. Tony. Yeah, everyone wanted her to win, obviously, all of us included, um, and should have been nominated for Head Over Heels. Just an exceptional everything, actor, singer, person. It is so, so great to be able to say Tony winner Bonnie Milligan. Yeah, absolutely. Best performance by an actress in a featured role in a play went to Miriam Silverman for the sign in Sidney Brewstein's window. And mm-hmm. um, really gave a, a lovely speech. I'll be completely honest with you. Before she was cast in this show, I, I didn't know who Miriam Silverman was. Um, yeah, wasn't ter- terribly familiar. Yeah, but she was... Uh, gave a lovely speech and, and somebody I'm very happy for. I, again, I probably would have put her fourth or fifth on my list in this category but i'm very happy for her and and, uh, really enjoyed what she said at the podium i'm going to best performance by an actor in a featured role in a musical this was the no-brainer of the no-brainers of the night but still another Mm -hmm. one that was incredibly well deserved and one that i think everybody was happy about happy about alex newell won for shucked becoming becoming the first openly non-binary performer to win a Tony Award. And... The first of the night. Yes, the first of the night. That is just because of the order of announcements. Um, But I think it is just... To look at the career of Alex Newell, going from literally the Glee project, not even Glee, he and Ali Stoker, remind you, both started on a reality competition show to be on Glee and lost... (laughs) 
Uh, and now they are both Tony winners. It's really kind of remarkable. But to see Alex kind of yeah. not only just grow into what they are as a performer, but who they are as a person. Alex has been open yeah. about their journey with their sexuality and, and being non-binary for a long time. Alex said, I, I think they said they were a, a, a gender fluid gay man. And that has kind of changed mm-hmm. to to how they define themselves. And now I think they just say, like, any pronouns are fine, which is great. And I think that that evolution has helped a lot of people in the theater industry kind of maybe not even not in the industry, but theater fans probably more to who have grown up with Alex sure. to kind of understand what this means. And I think it was really lovely to see them win. And I think it was really lovely to see their speech. To say the yeah, least. And, yeah. And especially and to have that on national TV. That's re- that's really what gets me. I mean, we had however many years ago when Neil Patrick Harris did his big number of the, you know, we were that kid kind of thing. And it really Really got me emotional thinking of how many queer, non-binary, trans kids across the country, especially with everything that's going on right now, um, to see Alex Newell just beautiful up there on that stage and later on singing and just obviously exceptional. Um, win that award is really something special and I, I can't imagine giving it to a more well-rounded performer. You just think of everything that they've done since the start of their career, things that they've been snubbed for. Uh, just like I, the other day when like the big list of the top Tony performances of all time came out, I immediately had to watch Once on this Island mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's just so in my brain all the time, just that exceptional performance. And now we have Shucked and how... Um, well loved and what an earworm independently owned is Truly. for everybody how how much everybody loves that song and that's so cemented in alex's performance let's get the best book of a musical category that you've already spoiled and completely ruined my built up for so thanks a lot for that oh. <laughs> uh, the winner was david Lindsay bear for kimberly akimbo um i i thought it was very nice that um He'd, he'd already kind of given his a lot of his speech for the score, but did take some time to reference the WGA, which we'll get to here in a bit, because um, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about how that all broke down. So that was nice. So let's get into the lead actor and actress categories and performer categories. Best performance by an actor in a leading role in a musical. Here's the other non-binary winner uh, to take home Woo-hoo. a trophy, and that is Jay Harrison G for Some Like It Hot. Again, I said this before. I I don't. I would not have voted for Jay in this category, but um, it is one of those things that I'm certainly not mad about. <laughs> so, a hundred percent not. And I mean, Ben. We at least I thought Ben was gonna get this, and I think a lot of people did. And Ben does already have his Tony. Um, and we'll probably get more Tonys. I think in a year where we've talked a lot, including in our predictions episode about the gendered categories situation and both Alex and Jay having to put themselves into gendered categories to even be considered for what were exceptional, remarkable performances. Again, both very well-rounded performances um, that they could have and should have won any other year. Um you know, it, it was surprising 
for me, absolutely, because I absolutely thought Ben was going to take this award. Um, but I think Jay's performance is just beautiful. And again, another another situation where you have two non-binary actors on that stage winning these major awards and just shining and glowing and speaking to the country about this. this is what the future looks like for both the country and the world and American theater. This is what it's going to look like and continue to look like, and no one's going to stop that. And I think it's interesting that these two roles were very different in like their approach to gender. Obviously, Massively, Jay yeah. is playing a a I, I, I don't I guess a cis man at the beginning of the show who then realize or a character that presents that way um, and then realizes yeah. through the course of the show that they Things are to understand yes. more about their gender exactly. Yeah. And then Alex is playing. A woman, just actually a cishet woman. Yep. Is, is Alex is playing yep. a cishet woman, which is uh, really fascinating. That shows that non-binary or gender fluid or trans performers can play anything. They don't have to be subjected just to roles that focus on their gender identity. Uh, and I think that that's a, a really good step forward. And I'm going to go out on a limb, and I know this is probably a really poor decision on my part because of how how okay. little faith <laughs> little faith i have in the tonys in the american theater wing oh yeah i th- i think we're gonna have genderless categories next year um i i i just think like this is one of those I things think so too. Do you- okay good so i don't feel as bad for making that prediction no i do because I, uh, one i think a lot of award shows within american theater this year have switched to gender or non-gendered categories um I, and I think the conversation has been strong enough. And I'm sure there's also been a lot of guilt. And, you know, again, not to say that that guilt drove um, these uh, like I'm not saying the guilt drove the full vote and that that's the reason why either Alex or Jay won their awards. Cause again, I think they probably were or certainly were the best performances in their category, but I do think a lot of people kind of went with that and saw that and now are going to have to make the decisions in future years of we're going to actually have to treat these actors like the humans they are and have categories that affirm people's genders instead of creating these boxes and then you know nobody really wins in that way uh, i will say it was very funny to me to see right wing nut job uh, aaron rodgers in the audience right after okay that was him okay yeah, aaron <laughs> i was like why is he well, here he's the new quarterback for the new york jets so i'm assuming that is why, i'm just saying i'm assuming that is the connection but he's like a looney tunes like do your own research massively so Bunker. Yes. Yeah. But seeing Jay Harrison G give this beautiful speech about um, the visibility of trans and non-binary people and then the camera cutting, they actually cut to the person in front of of Aaron, who I don't remember who it was, but mm-hmm. Aaron's in the back there looking very uncomfortable and that made me laugh. So I am Good. very funny. Very happy, happy pride. Be uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and also calling oh, whoever it was, I can't remember at this point, who called Ron DeSantis. Oh, we'll get to that. The... We'll get to Dan- it was Danae <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Benton, but we'll, we'll get to that. Um, best 
performance by an actress in a leading role in a play went to Jodie Comer, despite the fact that oh my god, I was Marsha Gay Harden said Julie Comer, and then Utkarsh Ambedkar, uh, yeah, he yeah. came in and, and quickly cleaned that up as much as he possibly could. Um, but Jodie Comer did win for Prima Facie, and like I said, th- to goodness. me, this came down to. Jody and Jessica literally were neck and neck for me. Yeah, and I was very happy with Jody um, winning. And she, you know, this was her first professional theater job. And she now has an Olivier and a Tony and <sighs> thoroughly deserved. And rightfully yeah, so. Thoroughly deserved. Yeah, what an absolutely, absolutely breathtaking rightfully. performance. Breath, breathless and devastating and just so beautiful. Yeah. Um, all right. The last two performance uh, Tonys were best performance by an actress in a leading role in a musical went to Vicki Clark for Kimberly Akimbo. Of course, Thank goodness. not a surprise by anyone at all. Everybody kind of knew this one was coming. No. Her second Tony, obviously she already has one for Light the Piazza. And then best performance performance by an actor in a leading role in a play went to Sean Hayes for Goodnight Oscar. And here we go. Sean, I've got a bone to pick with you. Mm-hmm. I've got a bone to pick okay. with you. This is a line that I'm guessing he prepped. And when he got up there, he said something along the lines of, uh, this has to be the first time an Oscar won a Tony. Hello, Sean Hayes. Let me introduce you to Oscar <laughs> Hammerstein II. Like yeah, literally, don't worry about that. literally one of the most famous names in the history of musical theater who has not one not two but six tony awards so or i'm sorry five tony awards um five tony awards uh wow. with three other nominations yeah so i just want to um <laughs> i can't count i'm counting these off wikipedia uh and it's really past my bedtime so that's why i said six um but so sean Come on, brother. Um, and I will say, absolutely, my favorite part of the whole night is the fact that Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick pre- uh, uh, presented an award together. I was just in heaven from the moment their names came up uh, saying that they were coming up next. Just delightful. Nathan Lane does not need a w- WGA writer to have a to have a joke. I said the same thing. <laughs> I was like, this man doesn't ever need a script. He will always have a quip. All right, let's get on to the production categories. Best revival of a play. This was really the first big upset or shock that I think of the evening. Um, The nominees were August Wilson's The Piano Lesson, A Doll's House, and A Sign in Sidney Brewstein's Window. Those were the losers. The winner was Susan Laurie Parks' Top Dog Underdog. Shocked. I was stunned by that. And actually, you and I saw this show together, and we've talked about how much we loved it. Incredible. But it had just been... Love it so much. It had just been out of the conversation and closed for so long that, I I mean, nobody thought it was going to win. And uh, to be be quite honest with you, I don't think Susan Laurie Parks or Kenny Leon thought it was going to win. But it did. Ugh, yes. um, but a great speech by Susan, and as you and I have discussed many times since we saw it last fall, very well deserved. This show was Massively breathtaking so. and exhilarating and terrifying all at the same time. Yeah, I had just gotten done when they were going through the nominees, telling the group of people that I was with that if I had my way, Top Dog Underdog would win, and suddenly they were announcing Top Dog Underdog, Amazing. and my jaw fell to the floor. I'm so thrilled. It was probably the best play that I saw this season. And it is, yeah, you know, typically it would be disappointing um, 
for it to not win as many awards as it could have because it's been so far removed from the conversation that has been closed for this long. So to see it win for revival, so wonderful and shocking and well-deserved. Yeah. Best revival of a musical. This one was not shocking at all, but it's still very well-deserved. No. <laughs> that was Parade. Yes. And um, congratulations to them. I thought it was very much worth it. Very nice to see my guest on Saturday's episode, uh, Oliver Henry Roth, up on stage because he was a producer for that. So he won another Tony for that. I will say seeing JRB cut off or played off was um, a a Uh. little jolting. Look, there was a lot of people complaining as they always are, which is one of the reasons why I I tried to stay off Twitter complaining about the, the Tony Awards Act One and what was put on there and people being cut off. But like, this is a televised award show. Like, people get played off all it's the time, hard. especially when. Uh, and any of them and all of them, because you've got to keep a schedule because that's the way this thing is built. It doesn't really have much to do with the producers more than it does the time slots exactly. and the way that networks are run. So, like, there's only so much you can do. And unfortunately, like, if you're not quick enough to the mic or somebody else has run long on their speech yeah (laughs) that's just the way it goes i mean that's showbiz baby all right moving on to the final two awards the uh the first one will be best play unsurprisingly this went to leopold stott for tom stoppard correct um that one was kind of telegraphed everyone knew that that was not a surprise similarly best musical was kimberly akimbo everybody kind of assumed that i thought there was a as we discussed there's a little bit of momentum for some like it hot and especially because it did win a lot of the the earlier awards but uh the the two favorites that we kind of expected were the things that that took home the rightful winners um all right let's talk about some of these performances here um I'm gonna. Sure. I'm gonna go through some of them. Like I don't. I don't know that. Well, no. I know for a fact that none of these things I think are gonna go down as like up there with Grand Hotel or Dreamgirls as the best. Oh, which I watched so yeah. much this weekend. Yeah. Dude. I don't think oh. any of these are gonna go down as like the best performances in the history of God, the no. Tonys. But <laughs> let's be honest, they absolutely are not. What was uh, what was your favorite? What did you think stood out as as the best performance from the productions? Because I want to get to the other things. Like, oh, let's say this of the nominated productions. What one was was your favorite on the night? Um, I think some like it hot. Honestly, I think that kind of encompassed really everything. I mean, obviously, they did their titular number, and that's the one that, you know, in press junkets and early on was the most performed and still is the most performed. But I do really think that that showed off the production better than any of the other performances on the night, especially when you start getting into medleys and things, which I would say most performances if you're looking at things from a come and see our show standpoint i feel like most of the performances were not successful in that manner i enjoyed most of them because i loved the shows but i think some like a hot really did the best job of this is what our show looks and sounds like um, and here's why you should come and see it. I think it was really all-encompassing, which the titular number does. Yeah, I thought that Shucked did the same thing pretty well, um, but probably more yeah. well in terms of like telling you what the show is about. It gave you a little bit of everything. It explained kind of what the show was. Um, and I don't think it did, honestly. Um as someone who adores that show, 
I think <laughs> the opening number of Shucked, which I love so, so much, I think, you know, it's beautiful. It shows off what the show is because it's so funny. I don't think that came across in the same way because they had to make it at least a little bit of a medley, especially to get Alex in there. Um, so like you do get some of the funniness, but I think a lot of the funniness of the song is also set up in the dialogue before that and within it, which you don't get as much of when you're trying to condense it in this manner. So I think it did lose a lot of the comedy and you're kind of just left with like, I had people who hadn't seen the show that were there with me. Like, is this really just a show about corn? And it's like, yeah, but also kind of not. And it's, it's a hard show to explain. And I I don't think that the number did anything to kind of help that. I think Shucked is such a show that you can't really explain it and you have to see it. But when you're trying to market a show that doesn't really fly, at least on the scope of like the a national ceremony like the Tonys, obviously that's been their whole marketing of like, it's a show about corn. You're going to have to just kind of see it. But when you're trying to sell tickets on a national scale, you're going to have to construct something a little stronger let me ask you this question that was a medley as we talked about but they did rewrite lyrics they did re that was a medley that i'd never seen them perform before yeah was that a violation of the agreement that the tonys had with the wga i don't think i guess it depends on who wrote it (laughs) but i don't really I i don't really know i don't know how that works in this case because it's a a uncharted territory it's hard to tell yeah i don't know um let's talk about let's talk about kimberly akimbo because they did anagram they did anagram Mm -hmm. which is a sweet number that really kind of gives you a little bit uh, of an insight as to like what the heart of the show is yes correct that is not a song that is going to sell tickets which i think they knew no because i think they were looking for the opportunity to showcase Vicky Clark, who is literally the title character. And I think they also probably understood that if anything is going to sell tickets, it's probably going to be the best musical Tony win. And they got that. But I thought it actually was a, 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 I can understand from like people who might be nervous about the longevity of, of Kimberly Kimball on Broadway, like them not going with better or the one where they are washing the checks or whatever. But like, I think it was actually a, a sign of confidence in the material from the producers to say, "Absolutely, Vicky Clark is the heart of our show. The show is, while it is very funny and, and kind of subversive, like it really is just a sweet show about a sweet kid who looks like she is, you know, 60, mm-hmm. 70 years old. And, and I think that was a, a fine A couple move. of sweet kids. That's true. A couple of sweet kids at that too. So you're really showing the sweetness and the intimacy of it and the love and the joy of it as opposed to, yeah, obviously Bonnie Milligan is fucking exceptional, but she is also the seedy character. And I think they probably wanted to show the heart of it more than anything else. Yeah. And I'm glad they did. I mean, people that are that are going to buy tickets based on that performance to see this sweet show are also going to get knocked away by Bonnie. And that's awesome. Another performance that I know you probably didn't care for in terms of the song choice, though, was the In Memoriam with Jakina Kalakongo singing um, Wishing You Were Somehow Here Again from Phantom of the Opera. I thought that was actually kind of smart because it worked on multiple levels, obviously, Phantom. Uh, ended its 35-year run on Broadway. But to do it for the In Memoriam, I thought was was a really nice idea. And uh, Jakina, we saw her absolutely 
slay at the Tonys last year with like this big belt and to hear her like go yeah. full legit with uh, wishing you were somehow here again was kind of surprising and kind of impressive something that for I didn't know she could do yeah for the most part I think a little and I adore her I think she's an incredible performer and I just saw her at the start of the year with her witch which was amazing mm-hmm. and into the woods um I do think there are parts of it that sounded a little nasally but I mean, we're comparing it to other phantom performers yeah. and we're also talking about an in memoriam. Like that's obviously not the focus, really. You're paying more attention to the actual in memoriam than anything. So I think, she, you know, she did a lovely job. All right. So here's a couple of other things I want to talk about. You mentioned the fact that Danae Benton, while introducing for the second time of the <laughs> night, like the mm-hmm. Outstanding Educator Tony Award, it is sponsored by Carnegie Mellon, where she went to college. She did refer to the governor of Florida, which is her home state. It's obviously where I live as well. She did refer to Ron DeSantis as the Grand Wizard mm-hmm. and then like kind of played it off like, oops, mistake. False. What an absolute! <laughs> well, she was like, she was like, I mean, yeah, yeah the governor. What yeah. an absolutely baller, ballsy, baller, and ballsy, and uh, a kind of Facts. surprising move. Not that most people in that theater didn't agree with her, but just to like have to have other than Aaron Rodgers, yeah, exactly, um, <laughs> and maybe some of the producers. But that's a whole other point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like. To have the guts to say that on national television was good for her. Pretty damn impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Very much, very much so. Put it on a national stage. Call that shit out, especially on a night where you have trans and non-binary people winning major awards. Love to see it. And and you know, obviously, so many queer people winning awards at that. Like this is a very, very, very pro queer evening. So to have somebody explicitly say. Uh, you know, the fascist of Florida. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good for her. Absolutely. Okay. So I, I, I'm going to ramp up with a couple notes and, and thoughts I had here, but we knew that we were going to get a performance from Funny Girl. And I understand why it's going out on tour. It's a <sighs> big thing. Leah Michelle. So, like, I'm not even mad about like it being there because, like, we once had like the cruise ship, you know, hairspray performer, the Tony. So, like, I'm not mad. Like, I'm over. It's fine. But I was a little surprised that it was like right before best musical. And I understand that like, you don't want to have a, you know, a best musical nominee perform right before that, because maybe they have to get back to their seats or whatever. Like if it's a logistics thing, I get that, but you could have put a revival there. Like, I'm just kind of surprised. Like how much did the producers have to pay to get literally the 11 o'clock so number much money. to, to do yeah. that? Like I was, I was a little disappointed again. I'm, 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 I've made peace with the fact that funny girl, a show from last year that I don't believe performed last year at the Tony's it didn't got to perform on the show. But like in that slot, I, I was that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. No, I'm mad about it across the board. I think it is an insulting decision on a night where otherwise mostly felt really beautiful and communal and supportive for all the reasons that we've already talked about. You know, we've talked about every accusation that's been made against Leah Michelle and whether or not she's actually made any kind of amends. We don't know from the press that she's done <laughs> since coming on to Funny Girl. It hasn't seemed like it, or at least she's been very coy about it. So again, and we I have don't not know. really heard any, we have not heard literally anything. I don't think from any of the people who had previously exactly. um, lodged these complaints about her behavior in the past. 
So it really is a thing of you have a show that is not part of the season that is now making you money. Um, you know, and about and to go on tour. To more money. And about to go on tour, but also about to close on Broadway in a couple of months. So you're trying to make more money off of it. But I mean, yeah, I didn't perform last year and was snubbed and the cast album didn't get made and all these things. And it just really feels like twisting the dagger and further, not just for Beanie, but I mean, the original cast as a whole. Um because I mean, most people obviously stayed on, and there have been cast changes since. But I mean, you're still starting a show on Broadway with the original cast, and the original cast didn't get to perform at the Tonys. They didn't get to do X, Y, and Z. And now a year later, you're saying, well, and obviously something we very much know that money is more important. So now we're doing this thing. And again, like you said, to put it in the second to last thing that happens in the ceremony to have this huge 11 o'clock number, it just felt really insulting and depraved. And I, 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 I took my bathroom break at that time because I just wasn't having it. But I came back in time to see like you know, the applause and everything. And anyone who didn't stand up for that, I just, you know, I have to thank you. Thank you for not, you know, <laughs> not dealing with that. Yeah. I mean, look, we all know that Leah Michelle is an incredibly talented performer, especially when it comes to singing. A hundred percent. And so is most, most of the people in that room are, and all of them yes. could have put on a performance just as well. And yet for some reason she is up on that stage and we know what that reason is. Well said, I'll move on. I will wrap up here with here's just some things that I thought uh, as I was going through really kind of surprising. Um, I understand why, but like, Betsy Wolf, Annalie Ashford, and Bonnie Milligan were not part of their show's performances, and these were literally three of the highlight performances of the season. Yeah. I understand why. Again, yeah. I, this is not a, a complaint yeah. or an argument. I just thought that's kind of noteworthy. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'm also, I was a little surprised that we didn't get more conversation about the WGA and the writer strike. I mean, it was certainly peppered in throughout, um, and I think there was. Maybe if it was a different year that the strike was happening, um, we might have had more because I feel like a lot of people who decided to take some of their acceptance speech time to make a statement did so on behalf of That's, gay, yes. trans, non-binary people. So I'm, I'm, again, not mad about it, but like I, especially with the way that the show opened and even Ari thanking people who were willing to make the compromise to allow the Tonys to happen, I thought we would get a little bit more WGA stuff, especially from you know people who, you know, the writers and people who um, were working on plays or whatever, but uh, maybe it was just because... Well, I think we did get it from the writer. We certainly got it from David Lindsay Abair. And, the you know, second sorry, time... No, no, no. But... The second time around, yeah, though, yeah. too. So, But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. But I mean, I what I will say about that is, yes, Ari did it at the beginning. So you, you got that out of the way. You got it peppered in throughout in a lot of speeches. But, you know, the people who are either expecting to win or, you know, at least have an inkling that it could happen, they've at least prepared some kind of speech. Or maybe, I mean, there, there are a lot of nervous people up on that stage oh, tonight. So maybe it just didn't make it into their immediate thoughts if they were ad-libbing or whatever. Um, 
it it's hard to know and understand what's going on in people's heads when they're making acceptance speeches because you have 30 seconds to get it all out before you start to get cut off and we watched as we've already said so many people get cut off before they could say everything that they wanted to say so maybe the collective writers guild of america isn't their most important thought at the moment and maybe what could be their only chance to ever get a speech so i certainly obviously this wasn't a thing of like we're holding it against them or anything because that's obviously not the case um but i certainly don't have any real thought about that in terms of like this should have happened or shouldn't have happened no no, no. No, and i didn't mean it like that i just was uh, no no no, i know i was just a little surprised because it was such a talking point leading into the tonys and it i mean it was obviously discussed but um and i would never tell anybody what to do with their 30 45 seconds because it is such (laughs) an unbelievable honor uh and you want to spend it however uh, you feel right so i'm totally fine with that i was just a little surprised by it and that's the thing i mean Ariana was a great host, but she also really only got a couple of times where she really actually got to play the host. And one of the times that she did was at the start and she did mention it. And I do think that that set up the whole evening. I mean, that was pretty much the whole opener was to talk about why we're doing things the way we are this year. And everything else kind of just flew by because there wasn't any real openers to anything because people have to ad lib and don't ask drama actors to ad lib but i gotta tell you it did not feel padded or stretched i mean there were no bits in between no i thought it was and i'd have to go back and look at like the rundowns of previous tonys but like it felt like it moved pretty quickly so i don't know if maybe the the performance numbers were a little longer or i'm not sure what the difference was because it felt like a regular tonys but like faster and more succinct and better this happens every time there's some like major catastrophe that happens from like the oscars pandemic yeah. during the pandemic where they didn't have a to, host like, at all yeah. Story, the writer's strike yeah where everything still takes the same amount of time but just moves a lot quicker and it's like i don't know where the time goes but it did feel like it moved a lot faster i still want the big opening and big closing number but i think everything in between was really lovely i don't need the closing number because like at that point like i'm ready to be done but the opening people number- are just filing out yeah that's the point where we're texting being like are you good to go in about five yeah. times <laughs> let me get my mic set up <laughs> let me give my water and my mic yeah but you know no disrespect to the people who write it obviously because we hope that you get a fair deal very very soon my hope would be let ari host again give her a big fantastic opening number but just kind of let her do what she did this year because i thought it was was wonderful top to bottom so overall very few complaints if any really with the 2023 tony awards the 76th annual tony awards um glad that we all got to celebrate it together glad that everybody who was in the audience um whether it was grace or i saw dina zucker from aka a a friend she was like literally i think she she must have been a seat filler because she wasn't there all night uh so she must have got put in Uh, she works for aka works with grace um good friend of of our friend al henry's saw her pop up on tv a couple times and i mean obviously mentioned oliver was there too so happy for everybody that was there happy for everybody who has been a part of this season happy for all of us as theater fans who have got to experience the season that um Mm -hmm. while i don't know that it had the high highs of some previous seasons it felt like the floor was much higher for this season than a lot of other seasons it felt like most of the things that 
premiered this season were pretty much on the same footing and that was above average. And I would say that doesn't happen very often. I feel like we have a lot more conversations about, I don't know that this is ready for Broadway. This is maybe a bit mediocre, whatever. And there wasn't much of that, if any, this season. It was, uh, there was definitely a couple, now that I think of it, but they weren't nominated for Tony's. No, so. and we don't need to talk about that at this no, point. No, no, that's no, not, not this on this about. night. All right, well, that is all that we have for you today. Thank you for following along, not only for this episode throughout the Tony season and for this entire theatrical season. We uh, we love being able to do what we do. So if you want to help us continue to do that, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. Or you can also, uh, maybe and instead of or, but go over to whatever podcast service that you listen to us on and give us a rating and review. We haven't really asked for these a lot in recent years, to be honest with you. Um, but that is a way that you can support us and help get the word out we are the only theater podcast that does what we do and uh, we couldn't do it without your support so if you want to subscribe to patreon we would love that if you want to subscribe wherever you and in yeah order. and get your you know make sure that you follow us on whatever podcast service you do and leave us a rating and review we would really appreciate it all right that is all that we have thanks for listening to today on broadway uh you can follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at broader radio you can find me on twitter and instagram at bww matt ashley where can people find you you can find me on instagram at this is ashley all right everybody have a wonderful Wonderful Monday, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow.